This morning we begin our journey through 1 John. I've looked forward to this. Here at Grace Point North and at Grace Point South, Pastor Javier and I will be preaching through 1 John for the next seven weeks. 1 John is almost to the very end of the New Testament. If you get to Revelation, you've gone too far, you've got to go back left just a few pages and you'll find 1 John. The 1 John is a powerful letter. It has become a favorite of many Christ followers through the ages. For example, John Wesley and Chuck Sundberg, just to mention a few. <clears throat> Let me take a few minutes to give some words of introduction for our series, just a few minutes and of introduction for this important letter in the New Testament. This letter was almost certainly written by the same person that wrote the Gospel of John and Revelation. That person is none other than the Apostle John. This letter was written later in the Apostle John's life. By the time he wrote this letter, he had become what you may call an elder statesman in the early first century church. This letter was written at the end, toward the end of the first century. And by that time, John was an icon. And so whatever he would say, whatever he would write, people would sit up and take notice. Oh, this was said by, this was written by the Apostle John. It's important. He knows what he's talking about. This letter was most likely written before John was exiled to the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation. 1 John is called a circular letter. It was circulated among many churches in Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. John had something important to say to the churches in Asia Minor, or in Turkey in those days. John wrote this letter for two basic reasons. The first reason was to expose false teachers. False people that were teaching false heresies, if you will. In chapter 2, verse 26, John writes this, I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. He was exposing false teachers. The second reason that John wrote this letter was to give believers assurance of their salvation. In chapter 5, verse 13, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This letter was sent to the many churches who were being troubled by false prophets, false teachers. There was some confusion in the area, and John was writing to clear things up and to encourage the brothers and sisters in their faith. Basically, the false teachers were teaching what is called Gnosticism. Now, stick with me here. Just a few words of introduction. 
He was teaching, they were teaching what was called Gnosticism. Gnosticism was one of the main heresies that plagued the early church in the first two centuries. Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. Basically, the people that taught Gnosticism believed that we could be saved through knowledge. Even secret knowledge, that they had this secret knowledge that they connected to God, that they were connected to God with. They taught that all, Gnosticism taught that all flesh was evil. Spirit was good, all flesh was evil. Therefore, if Jesus was a man, he could not be the Son of God because God, a holy God, could not inhabit evil flesh. Simply put, these false teachers were taking Jesus out of the salvation equation. John writes, with all the authority that he has as an icon in the early church, and he says, brothers and sisters, let's all refocus now. Without Jesus, we might as well fold up our tents and go home. Jesus was all God, John says, and Jesus was all man. Even though that's hard to grasp, that's hard to wrap our minds around, Jesus was all God, and Jesus was all man. And through that divine human Christ, eternal life is offered to all humanity. Listen to this beautiful passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And all the people said, He is Lord. Without Jesus... We can fold our tents and go home. Everything we do these days, brothers and sisters, is built on and based on Jesus Christ. We follow Him. We build our lives on Him. Without Him, we are nothing. What we do here on Sunday isn't worth anything apart from Jesus. He is Lord, do you get that? Perhaps this will help. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the grave. And He is Lord. 
Jesus, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Without Jesus, the God-man, Christianity is empty and is not worth our time. Now let's jump into this powerful letter that, and, and get it started on our journey this morning, our journey through 1 John. Turn with me to 1 John and follow along as I read verses 1 through 4. Chapter 1, 1 John, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Would you pray with me? Lord, these are words that were inspired by You, that were written by Your servant, the Apostle John, to churches that were trying to figure out what it meant to follow Christ. I ask, Lord, that as we begin this morning, that You would speak to our hearts, that You would help us to understand, Lord, who You are and what You want us to do and to be in this world we live in today. Father, as we journey through 1 John, strengthen us, lift us up, move us in the direction of God. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This first century message is as real and fresh and true today as it was when it was first written centuries ago. John writes to us today and says this, I am a witness. I have seen the Lord. John says to all of us today, to those people back there, yes, for sure, but to all of us today, he says, I have seen the Lord. I'm a witness. I'm a first-hand witness. Keep the faith. It is all worth the effort. John says to all of us today, everything that it takes to follow Christ is worth the effort. Everything that you need to leave behind in order to put Christ first is worth the effort, brothers and sisters. I have seen Jesus, he says. I know what I'm talking about. It is true. He starts off by saying this, that which was from the beginning, verse 1, that which was from the beginning. It sounds a lot like how he began the gospel of John. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, in the beginning was the word, meaning Jesus, and the word Jesus was with God and the word Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. You see what John was telling us today? What he's telling us is that Jesus was God's plan from the beginning. There was no plan B. 
Jesus was God's plan from the beginning. Don't be going off half-cocked toward false prophets and false heresies. Don't be chasing things down, that, the, 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 new, the new thing that comes along the pipe. You see, brothers and sisters, Jesus was God's plan from the beginning. He's the real deal. Jesus is someone that we hang on to, that we grasp, that we, that we embrace with all of our hearts. He's someone that we keep our eyes on. He's someone that we never turn away from. Don't follow the false voices in our world today, John says. I am a witness. I know what I'm talking about. He's the real deal. I saw him. I heard him speak. I touched him. At the, at the Last Supper, I laid my head on his breast. I was there on the Sea of Galilee when he spoke a word and the storm ceased. I was there on a, in the boat with the disciples when off in the distance walking across the water, there was Jesus. I was there when he took a kid's lunch and fed 5,000 people. I was there when he walked and up to the, to, the, to the grave of Lazarus and spoke a word and Lazarus came back from the dead. I was there at the foot of the cross. I was the only one there. The disciples that were there at the foot of the cross watching him take his last breath. I was there behind locked doors when, when Jesus appeared on that first Easter morning. We thought He was dead, but He appeared and said, I am alive. You see, I know what I'm talking about. I am a witness. Jesus is the real deal. It rises and falls. Everything does on Jesus Christ. Jesus who is Christ? Who is who Christ followers build their lives on? Well, Pastor Chuck, you know that's easy for John to say because he actually saw Jesus. That's easy for John to say. It would be easy for him to have faith in Jesus Christ because he actually touched Jesus. He heard him speak. He loved him. He embraced him. If I could just see Jesus, Pastor Chuck, if, I, if Jesus could just appear before me, it would change everything. What would happen this morning? What would it be like if Jesus would just, just appear right, right here? Right here. Just, could, could you do that, God? What would happen if, if Jesus would come to life, would just right here be standing before us? There would be a collective gasp. Don't you think? There would be some whimpering. There would be tears. There would be, there would be crying at the sight of Jesus. What would happen if he was right here? Oh, if we could just see Jesus, it would change everything. Would it? Would it really? You see, I need you to know that not too long ago, I saw Jesus. I actually saw Him. I saw the Son of God. I did. I was talking to a, a lady 
who had lost her husband months before. And it had been hard for her. She could hardly make it through. She about, it about did her in. But she put her trust in God. And God took her through. And she was telling me about how Jesus had taken her through. And God had grabbed her by the hand and pulled her to the mountaintop. And as she was telling me that story, I saw Jesus. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He was right there. I could see what he'd done in her life. Just last week, I was talking to a friend of mine, this guy who was so excited about what Jesus is doing in his life. He's just so excited about how God is blessing him, how Jesus is giving him more abundant Faith and love and hope that he can even hardly stand. He can't wait to see what God is going to do next in his life. And as he was telling me this, as he was overflowing, I saw Jesus. Right there in his life, I saw Jesus. Just this week, I had a man come into my office. He was broken. I know where he's been. I know what he's gone through. He is a broken man. You talk about hitting bottom. He hit bottom with a thud. He dug a hole and went below the bottom. Stick a fork in him. He's done. I know what he's gone through. And as he sat there, this was months he's gone through, these months. And as he sat there, he was telling me how God by His grace and mercy, has been helping him pick up the pieces and pull things back together, even when it seemed like there was no hope. And as he was telling me this emotional story, I saw Jesus. (laughs) Do you think it's only John that saw Jesus? You can see Jesus. you got to know where to look. You can see Jesus in your life, in your life, in your life, in mine. I've seen Jesus, and I'll never be the same again. John says to us, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, He is the real deal. (laughs) John goes on to say, John goes on to say this in verse 2. The end of verse 1 says, we proclaim, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Verse 2 says, the life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. You know, if I could this morning, if I could, I would, I would just write in the sky in huge letters, I would write in the sky, God is life. I'd just write it in huge letters so everybody could see it. God is life. Do you believe that? 
If I could, I would write it. God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, offers us eternal life. God, John is saying to the people in, in Asia Minor and in us today, God is life. Jesus came not only to live life so that we could have an example, a, a, a model to follow, He also came to give life. God is life. The Gospel of John, it says that Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, have it more abundant. Let me ask you a question. What does it mean to you when you hear the words abundant life? What does it mean to you? What's the definition of full life? I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life abundant. What does that mean for you? Anybody have any, have any idea? Does it mean uh, more money? Does it mean more, more fame? Does it mean a nicer house or a, a nicer car or a Colts victory? I mean, what, what, is, what does it mean? What does full life mean for you? You see, God is life. Abundant life. That is real and lasting. It only comes from Jesus Christ our Lord. How are you responding to that in your life this morning? John is saying, Jesus, the one I have seen, God through Jesus Christ is life. Life more abundant. John says in verse 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, most churches have a fellowship hall. <laughs> we like having fellowship. We usually think it means food. I mean, you can't have fellowship without food. But, but there's, this, there's this level of fellowship that comes <laughs> when we're all in Christ. This, this, this fellowship in Christ that brings us together and helps us to see Jesus in each other. And this fellowship, this, this God that gives life, when He gives you life and me life, and, and we come together, there is fellowship like you have never experienced. John says, brothers and sisters, come on, false teachers, they're taking Jesus out of the equation. It is a heresy. I have seen Jesus. I know He's the real deal. He is life. And through that life comes this level of this level of fellowship that is indescribable. And when you get to the end of it, there is pure joy. God is life. It's time we start living like it. God is life. We celebrate that. We acknowledge that this morning as we come to the table 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and partake of the Lord's Supper. As those that are going to help us by serving us today come forward, I'd just like us to prepare our hearts to receive the elements this morning. Will you pray with me? Come as I pray. Father, you, you are real. Your Son is Jesus, the Christ, the one who we celebrate this morning at partaking of this Lord's Supper. And Father, we say from the depths of our hearts, thank you for all that you've done for us. And as we receive the elements, help us, Lord, to receive them with a grateful heart. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.